So we had something kind of crazy happen this last week while Bob and Grace were gone. Um, last Sunday we were here and I felt like um, opening the windows up for ventilation. There were a lot of people in here and it gets hot, you know. And then I looked up there and I thought, hmm, I'm not going to open that window because I like saw you guys ever see like a picture in your head of something. And I saw the window fall in my head. So I was like, eh. I'm not going to open that. And then Bob had the same thought about the window falling. He was going to open it and he decided not to. And Gracie opened it and then closed it right away. Yeah. Cause I told yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then double checked the latch twice. Well, Tuesday morning, Julio sends me a text and a picture of the window that where the board is laying like in the middle of the room. Didn't fall down on the coffee bar. It didn't, it was laying in the middle of the room, but there was no wind that night. There was no wind. There was no, I looked at the thing, you know, where you can see what the wind speeds were. Um, there was no nothing. And it fell out. It did not break. Some of the panes of glass were broken in it. I don't know if they already were. Some of them were already cracked. There was no glass on the floor. There was a little bit of putty or whatever, you know, just from it coming down, but nobody was hurt. And the way that it fell is really interesting because I had two guys come last week and give me a quote. I, I thought it was weird that it was in the middle of the room. The outdoor trim was underneath the window and it wasn't broken and it didn't fall right. Anyways, the whole thing was pretty weird. And the two guys. Yeah. And then I had two guys come out to give me some estimates on fixing it. And one was a window guy and one was a carpenter kind of contractor handyman guy. And they both were super duper puzzled. They were like, wait a minute, how did this fall again? How did it come out? How? And they were looking and they were, you know, they went outside, they looked all around and they couldn't figure out how it fell like it did either. And actually the screws are still in the hinges up there. Uh -uh, and the chain is intact. And, um, should I share about what I have been? So what do you think it means? Okay. So at a risk of sounding, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that's right, Bob. So all the last couple weeks, I've been hearing fresh wind, fresh fire for the, for Tierra Nueva, fresh wind, fresh fire, that God is going to blow in something fresh and something new and something amazing and something good. And then there's going to be a move here that is fresh. And so I had been hearing fresh wind, fresh fire. I had even told Gracie that she said she was feeling along the same lines. Um, you know, I told her that before the window fell in. So I really think that God is showing us something here at Chernueva about his fresh wind coming in. Um, and that there's just get ready because there's going to be something amazing happening. And we have like a sign and wonder to show us not to doubt and that he is really going to do something. Cause I don't know how nothing was stolen. Nothing was destroyed. Nobody was hurt. Um, and, uh, huh. Oh yeah. Rex it was, thought too. It was, it was unexplainable. I mean, the window should have hit the coffee pot. Yeah. Or, you know, the chain was stuck to it to hold it. It should have fallen it sideways and just... It did not make sense. No. Uh, I, oh, there we go. Yeah. I it for a second. Yeah. 
So it's amazing. unexplainable, guys. So it's a sign and wonder. I believe um, that God is showing us something. And he's blowing in some fresh wind and some fresh fire. So get ready. Right along those lines, it's Okay. Gracie's asking for you guys on live land for me to pray and activate that word. I don't, I'm not, um, I guess that's what I'm speaking of. <laughs> Super like learned and stuff like this, but I love Jesus and I love people and I know that he's doing something. And so father, I thank you for giving us a sign and a wonder that's unexplainable. I thank you for your presence here. And I pray just that um, you would prepare us for your fresh wind and your fresh fire that is coming. We are standing in faith, knowing that you're doing something new and you're doing something amazing in us individually, but also together as Tierra Nueva. And I just prayed just for an activation of what you're bringing, that there would just be um, more signs and wonders and more uh miraculous things to happen. God, it's crazy how that window came in. I know that it was you, Father. And I pray that we could hear you clearly and know what you're telling us and walk in what you have in this new season of fresh wind and fresh fire. Pray that um, our hearts are ready to receive what you have. We are open, God, for you to do what you want to do. And we're trusting you. We trust you in this, Father. Did you want to share something? We trust you in this. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Get ready. Everyone. Get ready. Really, seriously. That was a, I don't know. I thought I was tripping a little bit because I was like, well, maybe I just don't know. But I really felt it. I mean, Rex saw it. And then when those repairmen came and were like, how did this happen? Are you sure that someone didn't just unscrew it and set it down? Because that's what it seemed like, you know. Oh, oh no. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? Is that window falling on So Roger's reminding us that the last time he said that it's got to be God because the last time that it fell, Roger's been here a long time. And he said that it fell on somebody. So did it hurt him? Oh, I suppose yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it's a heavy window. It's like, okay for those of you in live land, it's uh, actually, look. By the way, Lisa, I'll fix that. The window is like over seven feet long. It's this, um, can you see? The top part where the board is. Yep, there's Pastor Bob. <laughs> So it's not a small window or a small pane of glass. It's a huge, heavy, 120-year-old window that came down into the middle of our room and didn't break. So with the outside trim underneath it. So something's happening, guys. Something's happening. Okay. I'm speaking today, so <laughs> not about that, but that's part of it, I guess. Um, today, the name of this message is called The Unexpected Call. Let's see how I can, hold on, let me shuffle stuff around so that I'm still live streaming and I have the mic, <clears throat> but I can look at my words. Do you ever feel like God is calling you to do something, but you don't think you can do it? 
You guys ever felt that way? Like, gosh, I know God's calling me to do something. Like you're too broken. Like you think you're too broken or too dumb or not good enough or you've done too much dirt, right? You think, oh, I've messed up way too much for God to use me. That's something that sometimes we feel like. Um, It's okay, you guys, if you feel like you're not able because God is able. And it's not us that do it. It's God that does it, right? We don't have to rely on ourselves or look back at our past because we're not defined by what we did. We're not defined by our past. We're not defined by things people have done to us. You know, we're defined by God and who says who he says we are. So the thing he could be calling you to could be like even something like praying for someone. You ever get somebody on your heart and you want to pray for them? And you're like, oh, I don't know. It could be a stranger in the grocery store or somewhere. Or it could be a family member who knows the dirt you've done. That's even harder. Because they're like, well, who are you coming at me saying you want to pray for me? Um, or it could be something big and life-changing, like moving somewhere or joining or starting a ministry or anything really that God is calling you to do. This is the weird thing. If you don't, and this is from Bobby. These are Bobby's words. <laughs> got to give him credit. If you don't feel like you have what it takes, then you actually do have what it takes. Because it's not what you can do on your own, but what God can do through you in your brokenness. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, it says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And then in the New Living, so there's different translations of the Bible. There's ones that are like more literally based on the words that it was translated from. And then there's a translation called the New Living that I like to compare to sometimes because it's written more in a contemporary language, saying the same thing, but more in words we understand. So here's that same passage out of second Corinthians in the new living it says my grace is all you need I want to encourage you guys with that my power works best in weakness so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me so that's really good news because when we feel like we can't do what God is calling us to do it's okay and God can do it through us God's strength is perfected in our weakness. And I just want to say you are enough that God loves each and every one of you right now just how you are. He's not going to love you anymore if you change. Like if you get better, he's not going to love you anymore. And if and if you screw up big time, he's not going to love you any less. He loves you how you are right now. And he loves you and he loves you and he loves you. <laughs> when we feel like we're weak, God is strong. Also, it's not about getting the whole picture before you take the first steps. It's about going forward, not knowing what is coming next. And that can be really scary. If you feel unworthy or like you can't do it, that's okay. That's just the right place to start. I want to also say that sometimes we're called to just wait. Has anybody been called to wait? or rest. Yeah, waiting does suck, Jessica, big time. 
and not to take a step forward when we're like, oh, I want to do something. Um, and sometimes the waiting and resting is harder than just going for it. But sometimes that's what God is calling us to do. Sometimes that is the unexpected call. I want to tell you some stories of people who felt like they weren't good enough for what God was calling them to do. Or they were feeling unequipped. Or they were taking steps forward into what God was telling them to do, even, the, even though they didn't know where they were going. Um, I've never worked at a church. So me, like, coming and helping here at Terra Nueva, that was kind of unexpected. And I didn't feel equipped at all. I still don't sometimes. But God, right? <laughs> well, God is amazing. And he's faithful. And I trust him in that. So I'm going to tell you guys some stories. <clears throat> So in the moment, these people trust God in what he's calling them to do, but sometimes they second guess it. You guys ever do that? I do. <laughs> second guess stuff. Yeah, they doubt themselves and they might have to trust God over and over and over again. Right? Like you trust him and then you're like, ah, and then you trust him and then, you know. So there was this guy born into a poor family who was discriminated against. He was adopted into a rich family as a baby, lived in luxury, but eventually found out where he came from. He was mad, really mad at the oppressors, which were the people who adopted him. And he murdered one of them. He, mur he killed a guy and hid his body and then took off and went on the run. And then guess what happened while he was on the run? God called him. And called him in a really crazy way. And he said yes. But he second-guessed himself because he couldn't even talk right. He had a stutter and he was like, couldn't form his words right. And he was like, who am I to do what God is calling me to do? It feels too big. I'm a murderer. I can't even talk is what he was probably thinking. But he said yes to the unexpected call. And that was Moses from the book of the Bible called Exodus. And his yes to God led to the liberation of a whole nation. There was this poor immigrant woman who left her homeland and everything she knew to help support her mother-in-law. She decided to trust God, which was really new to her. And she was so poor that she had to scrounge for the leftovers just so they could survive. It wasn't easy, but she said yes. In her weakness, in where she was, she said yes, not knowing what to expect, not even knowing if she would survive. This was Ruth from the book of Ruth in the Bible, and her yes led to her becoming the great-grandmother of King David and thus becoming part of the family line of Jesus. <clears throat> she didn't feel equipped, guys. This guy was an outcast because he stole from his own people. He took sides with the oppressors, because it put him in a position to steal from his own friends and family. It was like he worked for the collection agency and he didn't only collect what was owed, but he made them pay extra so he could take it for himself. So if people had fines and needed to pay them, say like to get their driver's license back, he made them pay double and he took half of it for himself. Sometimes leading to them being thrown in jail for not being able to pay. So this guy was like not really somebody you'd want to be around, right? He did this to his own people. He was an outcast from his friends and family, but also he didn't fit into the group he was working for because he was just a tool for them. No one liked him. He didn't fit anywhere. He trusted money more than anything. He was a sellout, a traitor, 
not belonging to anyone, but belonging to money. Jesus called him in all his stuff, in all his brokenness, in all his dirt. And he said yes. And he left everything and followed Jesus. Jesus chose him. And he was far from perfect or far from ready. And he's Matthew, one of Jesus's 12 disciples, one of the OGs who carried the news of Jesus to the world, one of the guys it started with. And he wasn't ready and Jesus chose him just like Jesus chooses each one of you guys. Then there was this young teen girl. She gets pregnant, but there's no baby daddy. She's having to face shame and being looked at like a big slut. She decides to carry the baby and have it, raise it. Her boyfriend at the time finds out that she was pregnant and he knew it wasn't his baby. Everyone knew it wasn't his baby. His family and his friends probably mocked him, making him look foolish and stupid for taking this baby that, you know, taking care of this baby that wasn't his. But instead of taking her to the Maury show for a paternity test, he steps up as the father and raises this baby. And these people were Mary and Joseph, the earthly parents of Jesus. These people said yes to God, even though they weren't equipped. They weren't ready. They were broken, messed up outcasts, tore up from the floor up. But God equipped them as they took their first steps. They didn't know where their yes would lead them. But they made the choice to trust God, trust the unexpected call, even if they thought like, even if they thought they felt like they weren't the right person for what he was calling them to. He's calling you as well. And you can trust that in your weakness, he will be strong, that his strength will be perfected in our weakness. What is he calling you to? What is your unexpected call? Think about that. I know there's something that each one of us in here is being called to. And we just have to say our yes to the unexpected call of God. Even if it's to wait, that's the hardest one for me. So I want to share just a few more stories. There was this guy. He was brought up in a nice family, affluent home, comfortable and safe. When he was a young man, he was on the sheer face of a cliff, clinging to the side of it as a storm descended on him, lightning striking all around him, wind battering him as he clung to life, because if he was blown off, it was certain death. In that moment, he said yes to God and his call, and he dedicated his life to following God. And even though clinging to a rock face in a raging storm, might make anyone promise to follow God if he got him out of that situation alive. This young man stayed true to the yes that he said to God to follow him and devote his life to loving people with the love of God. And he's walked this journey out saying yes to God's call over and over again. Even when going forward in ministry felt as perilous as clinging to a mountain in a storm. And this man has been walking in humility and love for God's people <clears throat> on the margins ever since. And there is this young lady, whoops, barely out of her teens, brought up, brought up never lacking material possessions. She gets a call from her boyfriend 
who followed this crazy idea that God told him to go to South America, not during a peaceful time down there, but a violent and dangerous time. Yeah, sounds like a great place to go, right? So she gets this call from him in South America, and he asks her to marry him. He believes this is what God has called him to do and that she is his equal partner in the call from God. Can you guys imagine? What? Marry him? Follow him to what may have felt like the ends of the earth? Because this is what God was saying? Guess what? She said yes. They were married a short time later and an even shorter time after their wedding. She was leaving all the comforts of her life behind to say yes to God and his calling in her life. She's still saying yes to God, even though sometimes it can feel scary. And because of this young couple saying yes to the call of God in their lives, even though at times they had no idea how they were going to do what God was calling them to or where it would lead them, we are now sitting here at Tierra Nueva. This is Bob and Gracie Ekblad. That's their stories. Their yes to God's call and having to say yes time and time again, even when it was hard or heartbreaking, has blessed and impacted so many people and helped lead many to a relationship with Jesus. October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And I want to thank our pastors, Bob and Gracie and Julio for all that they've done for us, that all that they've done for the people who've gone before us. Um, Julio's here all the time. He's like the face of Tierra Nueva. No matter who comes, he prays for them. He loves on them. He meets their needs physically and spiritually. And he sets up church and takes down church. He does so much that we probably don't even realize and notice. And I appreciate him and I wanna thank him for that. Um, and then Bob and Gracie, I don't even have the words of appreciation. Um, I tried, <laughs> but I really appreciate you guys, and we all really appreciate you guys.